It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. It's a hot this Thursday. Oh, hey! <laughs> HBT. HBT, baby. Today, a special episode, we're joined by Northwestern student physical therapist, Josh's student, Ali Boudreau, all the way from New Orleans. That's like a Cajun last name, you know. New Orleans? That's, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I might be uh, French-Canadian, actually, to oh, be honest with you. Yeah. I don't know, though. I don't Change know. It it I'm, di- I'm, digging, I'm digging the South, though, so maybe I got yeah, Southern roots. Yeah, well, it's yeah. like almost 80 today in February, and so like I'm, I'm looking, I was like, you could be in Chicago right now where it is getting snowed. Oh, it is, it is not HPT snow. up in Chicago. No, no, nope. Not. So that's the first, that's, we have to start there. What? Start there. <laughs> what does this even mean? Ali, you've started <laughs> a, We're making this a freaking wave, like a movement, I should say. Yeah. Dare I say movement down here? Yeah, when I when I so when I hear the term hot piss, I'm thinking, and this is legit. Like if you saw it were to come and test me right now, it wouldn't be good. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be yeah. In trouble. I can't I can't do the open. Yeah. I can't do that. Right now it's it's an Olympics yeah. thing right now. And by, by the way, this is, uh, this is all PEDs. By the way, not not street drugs. Because mm-hmm. my rule is if it's if it's not a performance enhancer, I'll open my body. But sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair, fair. Okay. But yeah, so so we thought piss and hot meant one thing, but you got to talk like how did this come about? And now everybody says it. Yeah. So talk us through this, Alex. All right. So hot piss is a movement, y'all. Like, let me just tell you. And I just said y'all. And I just said y'all. So I have been initiated fully. Um, Okay. So contrary to popular belief, uh, hot piss is, it's a mindset. It's an attitude. It is movement. These guys sitting here right now are trying not to... HP themselves because (laughs) of how I'm going to describe this. But, okay, so the best way I can describe it is you wake up in the morning, you know, you have got... It, it, it's bench day, all right? Like, it is, we're so hitting... It's Monday. It, yeah. it, it's Monday. It's International <laughs> Chess Day. <laughs> you know, you had a good weekend. You had a little bit of the Sunday scaries, and... Um, you walk downstairs, you got you, you got the, the coffee pot on hot and it, and it is ready to go. It's it's early in the morning, it's dark out, and you just you pour that, that cup of coffee into your into your to-go cup, you're heading to the gym, and you sit in your car and you take that first little sip and you just feel your body freaking wake up. Mm-hmm. And you think, damn, it is Monday. I'm about to smash chest. I'm gonna have a great day at work today. I am ready to go. My piss is hot. Let's go, baby. <laughs> that oh, is, and it's just, it's just a mood. Like it's a mindset. You, oh, it's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. Like, and you know, all joking aside, like having passion, having fire in what you're doing every day makes it so much more enjoyable and. 
if you throw a little bit of humor and you make people weird talking about hot piss walking around and it <laughs> gives people a chuckle, it gets their piss hot. And it's just, you just spread it far and wide. And it's a movement, man. We're getting it in the South. We're getting it up in Chicago. I got people on the West Coast doing hot piss Friday. I mean, it is. It's a, it's a mood. It I mean, is. It is a you know, it, it's, it is. I got a vision. So, all right, merch. I'm thinking merch, right? Oh, they yeah. got these. These are Yellow, yellow shirts. <laughs> yellow yes. shirts. Mm, yellow yeah. Logo on the front. Mm-hmm. Hot piss. Hashtag hot piss in the back. Hot there you yes. go. Dude, I, I'm not going to lie. It is... When I first heard this, I was dying laughing. I was like, I get what you're saying. And it has taken off. I mean, yes. literally everybody around the clinic, everybody around the gym, everybody around CCF now, everybody talks about, man, I guess it's hot yeah. piss today. It's, it's contagious. And I, and I would also say, you know, we got to be careful because I, I I recognize that there is another meaning to hot piss mm-hmm. of, you know, yeah. somebody somebody's yeah, popping yeah. a little something, something they yeah. shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But that is... That's that's not my vision for hot piss. My vision is very clean and, and family friendly and, and ethical and all those things. So if somebody's walking around and saying, you know, oh yeah, I'm getting my piss hot. We gotta give them the benefit of the doubt, but if they are, you know, if, if they're doing a little stuff they're on the side, you gotta be cautious. Yeah, 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 you gotta be cautious. And I, I gotta say, I know you're not my student, but just being around you now for what seven weeks? Seven weeks. Yeah, seven weeks. Seven weeks. Seven weeks. Y'all just did midterm, right? So yeah, y'all can speak freely. Yeah, he failed me. So yeah, that's fine. Keep it around, right? She's passing with flying. I would say you you definitely embody the hot piss lifestyle. I can tell you, bring it. You put you put a lot of passion in your treatments. You know, I'm always kind of watching you talk to the patients and stuff like that too. And that's why you got a freaking busy caseload. So keep it up. I yeah, appreciate you. I yeah, appreciate it's it. Crushing. It's so much fun. Yeah, I think uh, it wrote, and but you know what though? I think it's it's a, a good kind of mindset to have for for all clinicians in that like you need to and should be passionate about what you're doing every single day and every single patient. And it's so easy to get into a lull and, or kind of go through the motions and like that is not practicing at the top of your license. That is mm-hmm. not pushing the profession forward. That's not what's best for your patients. And so, like, I love it because it, it gets me excited, too. You know, so it's, it's, it's fun. And, and, oh, it is. Our patients are having so much fun. Like, it is great. I mean, there are patients that I think are totally fine only seeing Allie. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're totally fine and I'm not there. You know, they, I think they forget I'm there, you know, because Allie will run the show. And, yep. and, and so it's been it's been fun. It's been good. And I appreciate you introducing us to this movement. Speak, speaking of, too, I, I, I got to acknowledge this. So, so Allie is the the famously called co-champion with Reagan, right? Partners, mm-hmm. partners yes, of workout. Yes, and yes. I made the observation, like, I, I was dying after the workout with the bike at the end. Like, I, w- I like, literally fell asleep in my car to an hour and a half. And you were just, like, comfortable the whole day. Like, your heart rate got increased. So, super fit as well, too. Mm-hmm. So, definitely walking the walk. As I, far as I, I enjoy exercise. I do. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah, but you got to... You gotta, you know, be about it, right? right. You gotta, you gotta live the lifestyle. Hashtag, hashtag, Brandon Vaughn, be about it. No, but you do, and like you guys, you know, I mean, and and I appreciate everything that you guys said. It really, it really does mean a lot. It's been a long process to to get to this point. You know, I started in accounting and was uh, wasting my life away. At least that's what I felt like I was doing, and strength and conditioning, and getting to PT school, and it's and it's been a really cool process. And um, you know, it all started with you guys presenting at CSM. In, in 2020 and knocking Wait, that out of the park. You were there for that? I was not there, but my co... Okay, so I'm... So, um, hashtag super poor grad student. So, could not make the trip out, but um, we had... I, I thought you knew this. Did yeah, you not know this? Found, that, 
left over from some Q&A, Q&A episode, yeah, yeah. Right? Fun episode. I love doing these Q&A yeah. episodes, man. There's so much fun. So I want to I kind of rapid fire these. I got three we're going to pick from the from the bank here. So first one, the things they don't teach you in PT school. <sighs> I've not prepped for this at all. So what, what comes to mind? All right, well, that's the current PT student. Um, well, again, I can only speak from Northwestern, yeah. and I know it's a little bit different all over the place, but um, we do not have, like, a therapeutic exercise course at Northwestern. Yeah. We've got, you know, our MSK coursework that prepares us very, very well for ortho. We've got a lot of really, really good folks teaching, but, um, you know, as far as exercise prescription and getting creative with, um, you know, progressions, regressions, you know, the sports specificity, um, we don't get a lot of that, so if you do not not train yourself or have had had a background in coaching or even just watching sports or watching people train um i think that that's hard so as far as like you know the the best way to um you know get yourself in a position where you're able to effectively do that with you know higher level patients slower level patients you know whatever it is is go out and train yourself go go get exposed to things shadow different coaches and um you know clinicians you know all over the place um because everybody's doing it different everywhere you go Mm -hmm. and i think that's what makes this specific um setting of pt really cool um and yeah, I would say that that's probably the biggest one that, you know, yeah. I, I've enjoyed because I, I come from that background. But um, there, there's a lot of folks that are just getting in the rut of like, okay, I'm doing glue bridges and clamshells and I don't know what else to do. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. amazing so, when you get away with this profession to get yeah, a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. So, it's, yeah. And so, like, and so like that, 
that speaks to more of your background too, because I never would have known you didn't have a Therax class based on how right. your ability to prescribe exercise, progress it, regress it, mm-hmm. coach it. But I think it just comes like you mentioned, having the strength coach background prior mm-hmm. to PT school. Yep. Um, and I know we, we had a Therax class here, right. and we actually named and I got to teach Therax class here um, at Carolina. And so I know that's an emphasis, and we're trying to continue to adapt that. But it is interesting that that's not uniform throughout yeah. throughout all of uh, PT yep. education. So so it's important. Sometimes you have to go beyond the, the formal education process. Yeah. And one tool for that that I like to use is MedBridge, right? Boom. MedBridge. We are actually a partner of MedBridge now. And you can get $175 off your annual subscription by using the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. That's also in the show notes. I have to say, Hello. I can't. I am so impressed because, like these these segues of all these, have never, they've never been rehearsed. We never talked about it. We literally he knows how this, he knows how this question would have gone mm-hmm. technically, but he slid right in. Very swift. Oh uh, yeah, but shout out to Medbridge, man. Yep. That is cool yep. But oh my gosh, that was that was smooth. Rico Suave, freaking. It's like a skill, man. Segway. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was born for this. You were born for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got one for you. So I'm going to take a different route here. So things they don't teach in PT school, I would say, hear me out here, everything works. Everything works at first, right? So mm-hmm. it seems that you spend a whole semester learning about techniques, insert technique here where it's manual therapies, modalities, things like that. But I think we kind of learn, we get to school that most of these things that we do, these interventions, are at, at least at first, are neurologically driven, right? And it, a lot of it depends on what the patient expects or you get out of it, how you sell it to a person, that sort of thing too. And so you know, I think uh, that's something just to recognize too, that everything works and it might not work for the reasons why you think it does. Maybe yeah. what you're taught in school mm-hmm. as well, too. For sure. It's like we, we it's, it's so interesting. It's like, oh, well, um, you're going to have, let's say somebody is an ankle and it's, uh, they, they have a lack of range of motion in their ankle. And so you're you're taught, like, all right, I'm improving your special. I have to do A to P glide. You mm-hmm. know, right? You have to do this exact thing. But then you know what? If you do the opposite direction of them, it's probably all going to help. Yeah. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, like it's not near as specific as we That's, want to think it is. It's like the McConnell tape. And like when they, you, when you tape it laterally, it works just as good as taping immediately. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like there's yeah. not there's not a whole like some, yeah. a lot of those times it, sometimes the specificity of what we think we're doing is just right. not always there and that's okay and it doesn't that isn't a knock on like our profession of saying that like oh we don't need this this education and try to try to figure out what these mechanisms are and try to figure out the optimal but it is showing that it's like hey you know you know a whole lot of stuff you know a whole lot of different ways you can go about it and most likely it's probably gonna be okay and what you do is you test it try try the intervention you retest it did it help great go down that hole mm-hmm. rabbit hole if it didn't do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that I think that those are both good ones. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think about what my answer would be on what isn't taught in PT school, um, and I think it is starting to change a little bit more um, now. Is more of like some uh, you know an emphasis in some of the pain science stuff a little mm-hmm. bit too, um, and not that I think you can pain science education someone pain explain like I don't think that you can take somebody that has chronic low back pain and just talk to them and that's going to fix everything but I do think it's a component of what we do mm-hmm. and how to frame things and how we're supposed to frame things but I don't remember getting an in-depth you know education around the language aspect of PT around mm-hmm. the really in-depth pain science type things uh, at least you know like for me like analogies are huge for for patients to kind of explain what's going on I don't remember getting a big a big focus on that kind of stuff I, it was starting I know they were mm-hmm. trying to start that our modalities course stopped being about like 
the details regarding different modalities mm -hmm. it became more like you need to know this for the exam but here's more paint science stuff so hopefully that's changing but I think more stuff on like the language aspect of it mm -hmm. and the connection aspect of it and, and maybe some paint science stuff I don't feel like I got a huge a, a lot of that yeah and, I, and I'm, I'm trying to get the history of that too I feel like it was 2014, 2015, when the, the Australians like Adrian Logan or mm -hmm. Mosley really kind of brought it to the to the mainstream, and it's one of those things when when things are new, there's like this recency bias, and everybody just wants to go hard in the paint. Yeah, and yeah. You kind of pull back a little bit and realize, okay, we can't we can't just paint plain and just yeah, you can't a lot of paint. That's been woven yeah, into yeah, yeah, yeah. everything else, the treatment, mm -hmm. the lifestyle factors, things like that too. No, that's that's and that's one that you just mentioned. Thing. We did we don't get hardly we were fortunate we had a wellness course at USC, right. and it was a little bit of this, but other than that, those lifestyle factors mm -hmm. and their impact mm -hmm. and how to actually educate people around those topics and provide insight into better sleep and nutrition and stress management type mm -hmm. aspect you know, that those aspects I think that's miss, a missing piece of PT school mm -hmm. too and, and we can come up with these million things but ultimately it's like they have one job and that's mm -hmm. to help you pass boards so you're not going to be able to include everything in mm -hmm. that right. and you have to prioritize the most important things for them which is getting you licensed um, and so I, I don't I don't look back and think oh I wish you know all oh, PT school was bad because of this X Y and Z they can't teach you everything yeah. mm -hmm. um, I will I will say just because it is sort of on, on the other you know flipping the other side of the coin so again can only speak from the Northwestern's perspective but um, I'll, I'll give them a little a little love here so we've got a course called Psychosocial Aspects of Human Behavior I don't know if you guys ever had a course it's, it's a mouthful yeah but it is all about um using, you know, positive, you know, taking away the medical jargon language, taking away, you know, the fear avoidance, different things that when you hear as a patient, you know, you've got degenerative disc disease versus, nope, you've just got some age-related changes and, and how that can really, um, it, it can change the, the, the prognosis of somebody's plan of care. And I right, think um, they, you know, for us, we would kind of make, make fun of each other being like, oh, I got to take my psychosocial exam. And you're sitting with a professor and you're basically um, <clears throat> talking about, you know, something conflict, somebody comes in and they've, you know, really had a, something traumatic happen to them. And that's why they're seeing you for rehab or maybe it's something else. And, and being able to effectively communicate with them um, and just develop good patient rapport. Yeah. And so it was totally different than all the like nitty gritty anatomy, fizz, kinese stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I think hopefully around the country, they are starting to do that a little bit more. And it's less, you know, hey, we're just going to teach you, you know, the bare bones that you need to do to pass um, right. you know the MPTE but um, that is something and, and related to the pain science I feel like we'll get more and more of that and how to integrate that into um, you know talking to patients but I think that's a good one yeah, yeah and, and just elaborate on that too because you're, you're basically referring to nocebic language essentially yeah and, for sure and so it was 2018 JOSPT did a really good article called Sticks and Stones and it's free text and we actually have the chart taped on our whiteboard in there yeah. about mm -hmm. like how to, how to you know redirect some of the yeah. languages things like that so uh, Sticks and Stones the impact of language in musculoskeletal rehab just quick google search of 2018 that's that's a really really good one really quick we read and i think it's uh it's pretty useful in the class. Yeah. cool awesome boom all right question all right down. so wait i got one more i got one more so i got one more so the other thing because i was thinking about this from a student's perspective right you're, you're in school it's really your first exposure to that side of physical therapy your professors it's very academic but in the real world most people I was going to say nobody, but I would say most people, they do not care about your certifications because honestly, a lot of people barely know what a PT is, right? Yeah. So they don't know what OCS, they don't know what any of that stuff is yeah. too. So, you know, really, I think 
bringing hot piss, bringing mm-hmm. that passion, bringing that fire, putting a lot of intent, mm-hmm. being present with your treatment sessions. That's going to pay off more than you know some letters behind your name that people don't really know or care about. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, okay, I think, and, and that's not to say that like residency and things aren't aren't great and, and doing that kind of stuff and being residency trainer, doing a fellowship or whatever that that can't be beneficial to help improve you as a clinician. But I do think from a patient perspective and an outcome perspective, it is a lot more about showing the person how much you care, not how much you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? and so that, sure. that is if you can't create that connection, if you can't show them that you actually care about them, that you listen to them, that you've heard them, um, that you're invested in, in, in them and, and them getting better and feeling better, um, it doesn't matter how much you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. yeah, that, that, I think that's a good point. So it's not a knock on those kind of things and getting all those letters. Like, try to be the best therapist you can be, but don't forget the other yeah. aspect of this. Yeah, thing. right. Totally agree. All right, question two. Accepting your first job as a new grad, things to consider, et cetera. Whew. This is a freaking huge question here. You guys uh, tell me, man. Uh, tell me what I need to do. Well, you know, I think it's, 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 this is hard. You come at this a few different angles. Um, number one is kind of more about like uh, the, a little bit more of like what you feel like you're going to, how you're going to want to practice. Like there's a big difference between being one-on-one like we are here and being in a, in a mill. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately that I haven't had to really to work full time in that. I know you have Brandon when you mm-hmm. first started out, mm-hmm. like seeing two or three an hour is very different than seeing one an hour. Mm-hmm. And so there are, get, there are maybe some, cons to that in that you maybe aren't going to be compensated quite as well if you're seeing one-on-one an hour versus seeing three because you're not bringing in the same kind of money for the clinic but there are a whole lot of pros to being one-on-one and so it's i think the big thing is evaluating what kind of like like what kind of how what kind of clinician you want to be and how you want to practice trying to evaluate your 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 ideal client your ideal patient your you know what kind of market you you and, and type of person you want to work with um trying to evaluate mentorship opportunities within the clinic versus like going the residency route i mean the that's all in, of course also too just deciding what setting you want to be in there's, right, so many right. different, there's so many different things or i think you know this is sometimes frowned upon or you get some people I, i'm sure will laugh at this but i know a lot of people that start their own practice right out of school mm-hmm. and, and and go and go into business for themselves and I think I think, you do it, Alex. yeah i mean i think you'd be totally fine Alex. Yeah. Um, but i mean it's, it's there's a, certain people that can do that you, you know, know when you see it like, like yeah. yeah you know you know the talent when you see it i think you could do it right out of school. That's a, yeah there are certain people that like i know some people will be like oh you got to practice for years to build up this experience it's like not necessarily not necessarily um so there are yep. so many different ways you can do it i think the biggest thing is trying not to settle and i think mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons pt salaries and things stay low sometimes is a lot of times new grads just take what they're offered and they just go for it um so you don't want to settle necessarily for it and also evaluate the benefits because what's maybe not there in salary mm-hmm. um, could be made up for in phenomenal benefits from an insurance perspective, from a retirement plan perspective, from con ed budgets, mm-hmm. from whatever it might be. So there's, it's not just about the salary number because you might get a better salary number at the expense of other things. Right. So. It's, it, there's yeah, so those much. benefits need to be packaged yeah. into your to your compensation. You know, yeah. it's not just looking at that one number for yeah. the salary. It's yeah, and also, also just you know, like I think this is something you should do is is look at their website, look at their social media, look at you know if you have people that have worked for that company or that like try to figure out like is this kind of, is this going to be a fun environment for me to be in or mm-hmm. one where I feel like I can grow and thrive. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I would like to think that people can look at our stuff and think like. I really love to practice there, you know, because they, they look like they really enjoy each other. They they all want to be better. They're doing things that look to be more on the 
the, the cutting edge. They're not living in the past and just throwing hot packs on everybody kind of thing. And, and, and you can hopefully get that vibe through mm-hmm. what they're putting out there. Yep. Um, yep. But, yeah, there's a whole lot that goes into this, Al. you got some fun coming up for you yeah. in the next couple mm-hmm. months trying to figure out what you're, what you're doing next. Yeah. Or if you just decide to stay in the South, you don't have <laughs> any of this. I mean, out. it is. <laughs> what do we got, like 78 degrees and sunny it's right nice. now? And what is it, February, February something, February, something? whatever mm-hmm. we are, what are you today? Yeah. Not mad about it. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I think you made some really good points. And just to, I guess, piggyback off of most of those, the the, the mill clinic, the high-volume clinic, there, there, there are pros and cons to it. And I think for me, trying to look at the, the silver lining, I think the pros were that I got a ton of reps. Right? Yeah. There's very sure, few things that come sure. in the door I at least hadn't seen once, and that pays off. And also, you know, that gives me perspective. I have so much appreciation. I just, like a lot of days when I come to work, I have just like overwhelming sense of gratitude for what I do, you know, mm-hmm. being able to be one-on-one and give what I feel is the best quality care I can possibly do. Um, but, you know, if that's where you wind up, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because those jobs are out there and they can pay better, like you said. Mm-hmm. And so money, money's important, right? You know, yeah. I think the average PT student coming out of school, there was a quote from CSM, is 152000 nowadays. That's Sounds crazy. I probably would have right. gone, to be honest with you, if it was going to be that. I mean, it was 109 for me, but 152 yeah. is, is crazy. Yeah. So that pay is important, and that's also a reason why I'm anti-residency, because most of the time I'm taking a big pay cut, and it's just mm-hmm. like, you, sometimes you're getting used as cheap labor for that, and you're not getting the mentorship that people have sold you along mm-hmm. that residency. So definitely yeah, be careful and go down that road. <clears throat> I would say with the money situation, if you're going to go into an interview, know what the fee schedule is for your your state and those networks, because that's something you can actually bring to the table. You can actually bring that math tip. Okay, you guys are making me this offer of seventy thousand dollars, but I know I'm going to be seeing X amount of patients. I'll be easily even on even as I'm ramping up, I'll be bringing in X amount of money. You guys will still be making a quarter million dollars off of me. Therefore, I think you can pay me this amount of money. Mm-hmm. And I know it's probably kind of scary to think about going to an interview like that, but as an employer, I'm thinking, all right, this person knows business, right? They know. They know dollars and cents, and this might be a person that's going to be good for management and be with me long term. So I actually look at that as a plus, and I've actually had a couple of employees actually use that. Uh, it's <laughs> really, really, so that's good. But that's all right. That's all right. Simple. Another simple, really, really simple thing I would highly recommend is shadow the freaking clinic just just mm-hmm. one day because you would be surprised with the lies people will, will tell you about like what the jobs can be like. Just go in, and when you do that, hang out with the front desk people, hang out with the clinicians, really get a feel for it because a lot of times it's even be completely different than what they sold you or it might just be their perspective's different and they might just be out of touch almost like a politician yeah. they're kind of mm-hmm. out of touch with the people uh, third thing if you live in Colombia if you live in Colombia I would just Google the clinic and Medicare fraud you might be surprised what pops up uh, we haven't have a lot of that in our in our city right now and so you know definitely research and see if this place has gotten popped for um, insurance fraud because you, you'd be surprised what all the stuff's out there um, realize that everything's negotiable right your, your PTO your CEUs that kind of thing so you can really kind of you know pick that stuff apart and I would honestly say you know growth opportunities again now as being on this side of things as an employer I do like when people inquire about growth because I like people that are going to stay with me for a long time just the reality is most new grads don't keep their first jobs so you know what are the growth opportunities i'm realistic and say you know i can't predict the future here's where i'd like to be but let's talk about how you can help me with that too sure. and now you now the employees got skin in the game right mm-hmm. they're more yeah. invested in, and everybody's happy right wins 100 mm-hmm. you yep. mentioned one other thing in there that's interesting not only from the employee side but the employer side of like shadowing the clinic like as an employer if it's somebody we haven't had as a student or we haven't really interacted with or we weren't both in school with at some point mm-hmm. we don't know them that well i mean part of our interview process is a lot of times is having them come in and hang mm-hmm. out for because you're we're we're looking at that interaction too mm-hmm. and how they're going to fit within our culture and 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 how you know just again like 
you want to, I want to know our front desk person thinks about the person. Right. And you know, like all those all those things. First so, impression being the first ten seconds, you, subconscious yeah. walking in the door, <clears throat> smiling, greeting everybody, everybody. Hot the, the, piss yes. Thursday. Yeah. 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 Uh, so so like that's from an employee. If you're an employer out there too, like don't be afraid to include that part of your interview process. Right. So, like you you want to make sure that that's going to fit too. It's 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 you don't you don't want to be sold a lie as well. Right. You know? Absolutely. So yeah, but Allie. This is like super relevant for you right now, right? Yeah, up, uh, I know. Season of life. But, yeah, but um, you know what? I, I guess from more, I'll take this approach to the question. It's mm-hmm. kind of what kind of things are you being taught or talked to about from your professors more in terms of like what as somebody that's about to be a new grad, what you should do as you start looking for a new, new yeah. job? Do you, you get some of that support? <clears throat> and if so, what kind of things are they suggesting you pay attention yeah. to? So we're, we're pretty fortunate. We've got a four, so we're in trimesters and we've got four trimesters of professional role development that kind of build off of one another. And it starts off with um, just getting familiarized with whether it's billing and administrative things. Um, but then towards the end of our didactic, it um, we have sort of a project where you pitch a business idea. You either want to open up a clinic or you want to, um, you know, work within a performance facility or, you know, whatever it is. And there are people that kind of take that and run with it and really invest a lot into it. And then there's some people that just, you know, it's another course and and I got to, you know, do what I need to do to pass. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually in a group um, with a bunch of people that were sort of like-minded, you know, familiar with sports performance, strength and conditioning. And we, um, to be totally honest with you guys, and like this is, you know, I did not come to Vertex. I did not come down to Columbia before starting my rotation. I was like, okay, this looks really cool on the outside, but I don't know. Is is the hype, you know, too much or whatever? But this sort of model, um, and for those that aren't super familiar, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge facility. They've got sort of the the clinic, and then it sort of feeds into more of like a performance gym side, um, and, it, and it's really cool to sort of see patients that go through sort of the full system of folks that come in for you know rehab, you know post op or deconditioning or what have you, and then eventually get sort of bought into being more fitness forward and um, taking a hold of of their life and trying to sort of eliminate some of those modifiable lifestyle factors, um, and part of that is just getting in a in a good community of folks and pumping in the gym and getting the hot piss going. And so, um, we, in, in, in my course, um, kind of made something like that of, you know, okay, we want sort of a gym facility, um, that, that we can, um, have, you know, all the strength and conditioning and sports performance equipment that we need for some of those higher level people and then have folks coming in for training. But then also we want to be a standard clinic that, um, is not, you know, could be seeing a total knee replacement or, you know, something post-op, um, that maybe isn't, you know, throwing barbells around or running on turf. And so, um, that prepared us well. We had to pitch it to somebody similar in the field. And so I pitched it to a guy that owned a cash practice in the Chicago suburbs for many years. And now he's more, um, you know, I, I don't want to say like a guru, but sort of somebody that consults on, um, you know, not necessarily new grads, but young clinicians that are passionate about opening up their own practice. And so um, we did that over the course of a semester or a trimester. And um, I think that prepared me well. Um, I come from an accounting background. So like numbers and Excel sheets and understanding how to reduce overhead and, um, you know, make it sort of a well-oiled machine is is familiar to me. And so um, I was able to kind of 
you know, highlight those skills, which was cool and very different yeah. from just the PT stuff. And then um, also let my meatheadedness come out about just the vision of getting people swole and mm-hmm. getting them fit. And so um, I think from that perspective, it, it, it definitely prepared me well to kind of see where I want um, you know, my first job, you know, opening a clinic, um, to, to look like, but it's definitely, you know, now that I'm nearing taking boards, finishing my last rotation, graduating, you know, it, I, I'd be lying if I said, you know, that imposter syndrome doesn't sort of creep, creep up on you and go, you know, ah, are you sure you can do this? And so I'm in the process now of, you know, just trying to you know, talk with guys like you, talk with folks around the country that are doing really good work and doing it well and ethically and um, figuring out um, the best practices and people to surround myself with to kind of make that happen. Yeah. So, for, yeah. sure. for sure. Yeah, no, that's, I think I echo Brandon, Brandon said, Matt, I think you will do quite well. Mm-hmm. Go on practice. Um, and, and, you know, I think because, uh, again, the, as part of if you are the the business owner too or you're the person they're seeing it's not just about your clinical skills anymore it's mm-hmm. those other things and it's the the passion you have for it and you got to be willing to hustle you know yeah. it's like a brand brand i have not officially opened a clinic brandon's opened i think four total you know or helped start four along the way and so you have to you have to be willing to hustle and so uh, i think i think it's gonna go just fine yeah <laughs> and hey can i throw a question back to you guys then yes oh. So being, so you guys have been sort of partnered together for how many years now? Uh, a couple, few, couple, yeah. three, something like three, that. Technically three. three okay. Three, yeah, technically. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to put. I've known Brandon for probably eight. Yeah. So putting you guys on the spot, okay. like you deciding, so like what you have right, right here is super, super unique in this, in this clinic and this environment, deciding to come together you know, knowing each other for a while, but, but it's different to know somebody and be buddies with them. And then to actually say, Hey, we're going in on this and we're, you know, co-owning this, this thing together. Um, things that you, you know, were sort of green lights in your mind of like, okay, this is somebody that I want to work with. You know, we share the same vision, um, moving forward. I mean, how did that all go? Oh man. And this is the trust tree. All right. This is the trust tree. This is the trust tree. This is the next. This is the next. Oh man. Do you want to start? You want me to start? Yeah. So I I think back to just whenever Josh and I met, 2014, 2013, something like that. Yeah. I know initially like you started as my, as my coach. And so I got to kind of observe you when I was in that cash-based clinic at CCF and um, you know, the, the, the hustle, the high energy, that kind of thing, that's the thing that stands out, right? That first impression, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, thinking about where I wanted to be, you know, I need somebody who has a good work ethic, no doubt, but also, you know, the expertise with the fitness side of things. That's, Mm -hmm. that's where I lack. I mean, I do incorporate some of that stuff and I'm continually trying to learn, but as far as being able to implement that, coach people, train people, that's his expertise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, figuring out ways to blend that. And I feel like we've, you know, trial by fire, we've been able to do that and had a lot of success with that. And that's something I want to continue to, you know, kind of tweak and and get better at as Mm -hmm. we go along. So that answered the question. Yeah, that was good. Well, to to go from my side of it, Al, it's like you, you know, kind of had aspirations like you figuring out like, all right, I know what I don't want out of my career. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in a mill. I don't want to do that. I was fortunate to to not really even have to do that in a rotation because I actually had a rotation brain as my CI. Yeah. Um, And so... Um, I knew kind of how I wanted to practice, but the whole reason I kind of went into PT, a lot of it was actually watching what Brandon was doing yeah. in the gym. You know, it was more of like, I was getting tired of having to take the client that I couldn't figure out what was going on and how to, how to get them better and having to walk back there and ask Brandon. Yeah, yeah. 
so I kind of like I was like well I just I want to be able to do it. and Brandon's in the back of the gym needling his own quads you know, so <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like I want to be able to do that so, yeah. so I, I, I had already been kind of the person I was sending anybody to everybody to anyway and now I'm thinking like how do I want to practice well, I just want I want to do what he's doing he's already doing it I'm like yeah. I don't need to reinvent the wheel here yeah um, like I I, I already believed exactly what they were doing and I didn't see ways in which I was really going to do anything differently you yeah. know in terms of it was how I wanted to practice yeah and so uh, fortunately we're you know it, uh, it uh, lined up and we were able to kind of bring the gym stuff and the PT stuff together yeah. a little bit and so that's been uh, a few years now mm-hmm. um, yeah. and he's still putting up with fast, yeah. Yeah. fast you guys are killing it yeah. you're killing it but, but yeah I mean that's part of it too is like you want to and that's everything too is like fortunately you know at least I'll speak for me I feel like Brandon and I have a good relationship you know mm-hmm. and, that, and that helps though too um, but ultimately, uh, also too, one thing that I think it helps is that your our personalities are a little bit different. Yeah, and I think that that complements in some way. Like Brandon has that citadel, almost military mindset of where he is so much more organized than I am, and like just freaking grind all the time. And yeah, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit out there, spacey. <laughs> a little bit more of like, oh, squirrels. Um, yeah, and, and so I think that that that, that works out pretty well because he keeps me on yeah. track. And so I think having a little bit of some differences there actually, like, he rubs off on me in some way. Yeah. helps me stay on it a little bit. Yeah, it's good. No, that's cool. Oh, man, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think we both. <laughs> They moving fuck million million miles an hour, you know. Like, I yeah. feel like every day I'm just moving a million miles an hour. You just can't stop. You know? I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But I feel like I would be bored if I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly, you exactly. Know? Yeah. Like, no, 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 I find no, myself no, like no, on the weekends downtime, like you know, str- str- yeah. And it's like like when I'm my kids, I'm like struggling to focus on them and like block out all the other work. <laughs> yeah, you know, so yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. I know I struggle with that. Like yeah. trying to make sure I spend enough time with my wife yeah. and things like that. Because yeah. You're always thinking. That's another thing. You're ready for business ownership. Yeah. You're never not working. You're Never not like thinking about it, and you're never not like having to do something and that means nights weekends like you might have to do something right you know, right not, you can't just clock out yeah you know, when you own a thing because now you have other people's livelihoods to worry for about. sure but i would also say you know from a student perspective seeing you guys work for seven weeks you are incredibly passionate about what you do you are grinding all the time you're busy busy you know squirrel going this direction and, and whatever but it is so clear that you guys love what you freaking do, man. Yeah, like, and I think that, you know, I have seen the other side of people that start their own practice and um, it's a grind, but it's not an enjoyable grind and you're not enjoying mm-hmm. who you're working with and um, it, it becomes just, um, you're, you're, you're in it for the wrong reasons. I mean, maybe you're trying to expand and bring people on because you want to take less of the work off yourselves, but I feel like you guys are going to be doing this for another 50 years, man. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's just... Hopefully it's, by choice, not <laughs> Yeah, no, but it just—it's—it's yeah. it, it, it's a testament to yeah. who you guys are as as guys and um, clinicians, and um, you're you're. You're you're doing awesome work, and I think that if if we can if if you can continue to you know bless students like myself <laughs> up from the north coming down and and just exposing people to this this way of um, PT, you know the world is going to be a way better, fitter place uh, with a lot more HP. Thank you, Al. You're good. Yeah. You're a talent. Stay humble. Yeah, stay humble. Stay humble. Oh, man. No, but I think, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things about new grads, man. I don't yeah. envy, like, I mean, now I, I'm, I don't envy being in that unknown a little bit. I mean, there's yeah. so much unknown mm-hmm. when we're talking about business stuff for us, and you're always stressed about something at some time, you know, but, like, not knowing, like, where am I going to practice? What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Don't want to start my own business. Like, that's that's tough. So, yeah. you know, you, we're, we're always resources if you yeah. need that. Yeah. Um, You're always going to take a leap at some point. Yeah, never, sure. yeah. There's sure. never a best time, I would say. No, you know, yeah. yeah. There's, there's always a risk. Every every business decision carries some type of risk. Yeah. So you just got to yeah. kind of get used to that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. For sure. 
this is a good conversation. It's fun. This is good. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I, you know, I, I, I knew we had a third one. We'll probably have to save that one for next time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Uh, because I got to get back with the patient, but yeah. but Allie, I, I know after people listen to this episode, they're going people are going to look you up. So where can the people find you if they want to look the you up online or contact yeah, you or something like that? Yeah, I mean, should I get my cell phone number? Out? No, I just kidding. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I feel like <laughs> nah. they're pretty cool, but they might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, no, I mean, so I would say Instagram is probably the best way um, to contact me, reach out. Um, I'm trying to sort of post at least once a week while I'm here at Vertex and put some content out for, for, yeah, for reels. you know, other, other clinicians or, or other folks to, to use, but, um, it is at Ali Boo, A-L-L-I-E-B-O-U. And I'll put that in the show notes. Cool. Ali Boo. Yeah. Before we sign off, you got anything you want to off your chest? Hopes, goals, dreams? Uh, let's say, let's say somebody listening in there, I, I, I feel like my piss is a little bit cold, a little bit lukewarm. lukewarm. <laughs> How, what's step one? How can I get it hot? All right, all right. So step one, if you feel like your piss is maybe maybe not running hot, maybe go to your PCP, make sure that everything is, you know, in order. Physically hot. That also You might have a UTI and want to be careful about that. But um no, I mean just like just I don't know, something okay, super cliche, but well, not even cliche, but but my grandma told me like years ago. Allie, find something you love and comes easily to you. And for me, what I love is working with people that are, you know, passionate and wanting to get their piss hot and and get themselves better. And I think that getting people to buy into that mindset is like the reason that I wake up every single day. And um, I think that, you know, there are so many opportunities to get involved in different groups, um, going and shadowing people, you know, joining the gym, joining a certain community and like just surround yourself with people because when you're doing a grind and you've got a lot of uncertainty about where your life's going or, you know, new, you know, PT students listening, like, you know, man, am I going to be, if I'm going to pass the boards and what am I going to do and how am I going to pay off these loans? And, you know, there's so much that you're thinking about. Talk to people, like surround yourself with people that are going through the same thing as you and, and having that sort of sense of community community and belonging I think um, can help get get you through it mm-hmm. mic drop moment there boom like, yeah crime. so don't forget to hit the like button subscribe to the podcast tell your friends and family this is better faster podcast it's a hot piss Thursday we're out yep give me the range and let me run cause I ain't never had too much This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.